What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Student Built Startups Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Stone, and today is a very special episode, episode 50. And I chose to have Mr. Blake Peters, the owner of BP Health X Fitness, to come and share this iconic episode with me. So, Blake, I'll have you go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody once again, because it's not your first time here. That's right. That's right. So, my name is Blake Peters. Um, I'm a personal trainer out of Duluth, Minnesota. Um, I provide fun, functional, and affordable personal training. Um, I work with a variety of uh, individuals, um, and I do a little bit of online, a little bit of in-person and a gym setting, as well as going to people's houses or a park or something outside of a gym. Um, So it's been a fun ride. I started in 2019. Um, Before that, I was at the Y and UMD doing personal training, and so I'm about six years into personal training, which is seems weird to say, but um, exciting and definitely, definitely had a path that I've been building this whole time and can see the, uh, see like the growth now from where I started, which is really cool. Yeah. And uh, I've seen some of that growth over the last couple of years, actually. It's been cool to kind of see you progress and get one step, one step farther uh, with each move that you make, I guess. Yeah. And I think like you at the Y came in at a pivotal point because I was doing a lot of things at the Y and now that I'm just doing my own business, um, because I believe I, I was still at the Y when we did our first podcast. So, um, I was doing a lot of things, meaning group fitness, uh, diabetes prevention, which is kind of like, uh, nutrition coaching to some degree. Um, and now I pretty much am just on the exercise piece, no group fitness yet. I'd like to get back to it. Um, but it's interesting to see, I've had some old clients come back to me and to like, give them some of my new moves that I like learned over the past, a uh, couple years and like how I've, um, I guess like gotten into like my routine of a training session. And certainly I still have some modifications I make on the fly that I guess, you know, are a part of my growth. Um, but it's been cool to kind of like have them like even see my growth, like as like a trainer, I guess. And like, just be like, Oh, he knows this. Like before it was, you know, I kind of stumbled on that for a little while. I had to come back, you know? Um, so, so yeah, I think you came in at a pivotal point. Now you can kind of see like how I've, I've got to where I've been and been able to do it on my own, which is kind of cool. Cause you also had those same steps to like, having nobody for training and locking the gym floor and being like, dude, is this ever going to work out, you know? And then to having clients and um, now, I mean, my schedule is to the point where I actually sometimes have to tell people like, Oh, sorry, we can only do these days this week, you know, which is crazy. Um, so, cause I always was trying to get as much as I possibly can in, which you have to do when you first start off. Yes, so. Absolutely. Um, well, I guess while we're kind of on the topic, what has like changed the most from like where you were, uh, like a year ago training at the Y and then doing some stuff on the side. So like where you are now, like, did you get like a new facility or are you, um, working in different locations? What kind of stuff has changed? Yep. I would say, um, like my business model, I guess has kind of changed a little bit. I went from, you know, at the first, when I was first starting off my business and at the Y2, we did like straight packages. So I do like have people at 12 sessions. Now I just have people do like, you know, I try to get them to obviously commit to days per week and how much time they can put into it. And then, you know, you got always got people who are like, 
I want more of your time because I'm not going to do this on my own. And there's other people who are like, well, if you're going to program me stuff outside, <laughs> um, then I really only need one day a week. And I'm like, yes, but if I'm going to program stuff outside, you have to do this. You know what I mean? Um, so I generally still have a selling point with like, you know, sessions, but I just have people pay me at the end of the month with what they actually use for my time. Um, and it's actually kind of been cool to see because at the Y and prior to that, I only did, you know, 60 minute sessions. I had a couple people who were 30. Um, but now I've gotten, you know, I've done some 45 minutes zoom ones. Um, I've done 60 minutes, I've done 90 minutes. And then I have a couple of guys with, uh, brain injuries, uh, so that are, they're vulnerable adults, uh, is a nice way to say that kind of with people with a disability. Um, and, uh, so they do two hours because it's just a slower session and we can kind of go at our own pace, get a lot more done in that two hours than say 90 minutes. Um, so I, I have a variety of times that I work with, which has been a really cool development, um, along with kind of the flexibility of the sessions, uh, so I'd say those would be the biggest changes. Um, and then some subtle changes with like the, you know, what people are asking from me, whether it be like, you know, I've done some mountain biking with a client, um, you know, walking some outdoor sessions. Um, and then of course, like my newest development, I'd say on top of like the brain injury side of things is, um, I've got two guys with spinal cord injuries. So they don't have any, like, you know, they have a physical disability versus like more of like your, you know, brain injury is going to become more on the mental side of things and some physical with paralyzation and stuff. Um, but it's interesting with the spinal cord guys, cause you know, like mentally there's nothing, there's, you know, there are no issues there. It's just that their body has weird responses to things. So you gotta like figure out and like, take steps back. And I like to look at it as, so with the general health and fitness person, I like try to build them up and make things harder. But with, uh, somebody with a brain injury or spinal cord, I actually like take a basic exercise and then cut it in half. So I like to use a bird dog, for example, you're on your hands and knees, right arm and left leg go out. Um, and then you kind of like stabilize your core there. It's a core move. Um, and so with a lot of those guys, I just start with legs and just kicking out the leg. Um, and then eventually we progress to the full thing or we just do arms and I add a, like a weight on there for a row and just keep the leg out there. So I have a very, bunch of variations that keep it basic, um, and aren't, you know, they're harder, but they aren't harder than the basic, you know, exercise piece of it. So that's been super, super fun to work with. Um, and I think, I'm lucky in that aspect to be able to do that. Cause I think a lot of trainers are in that zone of making things harder. And, you know, I don't, you know, I get a chance to do both spectrums and it's, it's a lot of fun and uh, a lot of thinking in different ways, which I really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. One thing I, I, I really thought was interesting was how you have, it almost seems like a running tab for your clients and they pay at the yeah, end of the month. Is yeah. that right? <laughs> that is right, dude. So, you know, I have people who in the one, one month, one day, uh, sorry, one day a week, um, you know, four sessions a month, I charge $40 an hour right now. Um, so, you know, they have like, you know, 160 bucks a month versus like somebody who did that twice a week would be double that. Um, so it's been, it's been nice. And then, you know, it's kind of low, uh, I want to say like, uh, like low commitment, but I mean, there's still a lot of, I'm, I'm still there to be accountable to them. So 
but as far as like a huge package, you know what I mean? It's lower commitment because like, you're like, well, I have these 12 sessions, you know, and if a family vacation comes up, then you're off. And so it's made it a lot easier to track on my end. And then also um, almost dangle the carrot for them and be like, you know, be like, well, we can add more time and processions if you're not happy with, you know, where you're at growth wise in your fitness. Um, so it's kind of nice to actually use that monthly tab as like a check-in, which I didn't necessarily have as much, um, at the Y, like, I don't know about like your training, like, you know, and assessing people, but a lot of people at the Y, I would go a long time without ever checking in. And I mean, that kind of sucks because yeah. you, you stay the same, you have a tendency to stay the same, you know? So the, the running tab has actually worked out really well. And I know people are probably wondering like, well, is there anybody that like hasn't paid up? And, um, I haven't had that experience, but there's definitely some that, you know, run the tab up a little longer and then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, so it's like cash and check on this date. <laughs> um, so, but otherwise I haven't had issues with that style. I, I think it's a lot better, honestly. Yeah. I, I think that's pretty, uh, ingenuitive. I, I would be curious to like, do some sort of survey and, and like in general, just like have like a study where there's like people that do it that way and then do it the other way. And like, what do people prefer and like why? And like, cause to me, I would feel like it would entice people to honestly use more sessions and like train more just yep. because like, if you have a 12 session package and you're running like down to two sessions, like, Oh, I better make these last two sessions last. <laughs> Yep. I think we've both had that experience yeah. for sure because you get that late cancel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think the perceived <clears throat> expense is less, but, and it, they might even still pay the same as they would for a 12 session. But I think the fact that they're using at their own, like, uh, will for, for, I guess, as an example would be that, you know, that's not like, Oh, I got to pay, you know, however much upfront for this 12. Um, so I think, I think it gives them a little more control, even if you did use, you know, 12 sessions and however more normal of a time that that would be. Yes. Um, so, um, I don't know. I think, you know, it's, since it's, I guess it's been probably like close to a year since I started this style. Um, I guess I, I maybe should ask and see like what people think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would think it would reduce, reduce uncertainty too, because like if you go and spend like a thousand dollars on training sessions, yeah, uh, however many that would end up being, um, you still have to be thinking in the back of your mind, like what happens if this guy like just leaves the country and like, I have to do something else like at the Y that's happened where trainers have left and they have to give us a different trainer. And then they may not like that, that trainer specifically. And it's, some uncertainty, but if you have kind of like a rolling tab, you're not, you don't have that con- concern or issue, I guess, too. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. And uncertainty, uncertainty is what the word I think I was looking for when I said commitment earlier. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, it's less of a contract then just mm-hmm. like, yep, yeah, we work out, you know, which is what, <laughs> which is what the fun and affordability piece has been about, you know, what I was trying to do on my own. Um, so then functional, of course, in there is just, you know, giving them the individualized piece of the training, whether it be, you know, they have dumbbells at their house and just give them some simple stuff to do. Or I've got a couple of people out of town right now that I'm just like trying to give them the basics to like, 
you know, keep moving so that when they come back, they don't feel so much like they failed, you know, cause it's always, as always one thing I always feel bad for people too, is like, they're like, you know, you can see it in their face. They're like, Oh, I've gotten deconditioned and I don't, and I, he, t- he can tell, you know? Um, and it's totally like, I'm not even judging or thinking that way. I'm just like, Oh, we're, we're back to, uh, say 45 second plank. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, my variations of progression are just going to be postponed a little while. You yeah. Know? So, um, so yeah. Well, one thing that I'm really curious about is how COVID changed, like how you handled COVID and what that was like. Cause I know personally at the Y we just like shut down and like, yep, that was it. Yep. So, and I did the same thing. Um, I actually during that time to keep working on my business. Cause there's a, there's a little bit of time where I, um, I, my backup plan was I was working at a group home. Um, and I still work there Saturdays. I only had to fill, 20 hours a month. So I pretty much do the minimum. And, um, I, I pretty much was just doing that. I knew I needed to keep doing something fitness, um, just to like, cause a trainer is such an identity, you know, I mean, I felt lost for a couple of weeks. Um, and I didn't really do it too much. I just kind of like told people, I was like, Oh, we'll, we'll like talk when you get back, you know? And then I started, uh, I was like, okay, people need to see, keep moving. Um, and it needs to be minimal because, you know, it's cold outside and, you know, there's probably not going to have any, any, equi- any equipment. So I just like made a YouTube series and then I typed up body weight workouts and tried to make like a programming and I ended up with, uh, I think it was like four weeks. I did three videos. It was like a total body, upper body and lower body each week. Um, so I had like 12 of those and then I snuck in a couple dumbbell and a TRX, um, just for the people who have equipment. Cause I have a couple TRX and then a couple core videos in there. So I think I had a like 18 to 20 ish videos, which kind of set me up for video <laughs> editing, which I hadn't been doing before and was kind of on my plate, but I had, you know, one-on-one training. So I was kind of like, well, this is on my radar, but I'm not doing it because I don't have to. So that forced me into that. And then also, it also forced me into um, doing Zoom and FaceTime because, um, you know, I kept I kept in contact with clients and I would like FaceTime them. And um, second shutdown we had in like November to, you know, New Year's 2021, um, I actually had hernia surgery during that time. So I, I had a double kind of shutdown. And, uh, I did the kind of the same thing, you know, I FaceTime clients and I did zoom, um, and basically like instructed them. Uh, and I think that kind of cleared my, uh, hesitation to online training. Cause I was like, how do I do this? You know, I want to do this, but I don't know how to do this piece. And so again, it kind of forced me just to adapt and learn. Um, so one of my things about 2020 that I like wanted to put a positive spin on it, uh, was it was like the year of adaption for me. It was just like, okay. I hesitated on like video editing and also like zoom online training style. Um, and, uh, then I just did it, you know, I did it and it might not have been great, but it was a basic level and it worked. Um, and to this day, I'm still doing some zoom and stuff like that. Obviously most of my stuff is in person still and back again, but I look to streamline that process a little bit better. So it's not so basic low level, 
um, you know, that they can kind of tell like, oh, it's just like, it's a FaceTime call. You know what I mean? That just happens to have yoga with it. Yeah. Um, so, so that was, you know, as much as I, you know, you can look at COVID as a negative, um, it honestly was a really big positive because it allowed me the chance to work things out and figure out and, you know, see what didn't work and, uh, work on what did. So, yeah, and I don't yeah. think without that, I don't, I don't think I would have changed. You know what I mean? I would have just been like, well, this works. You know, I'm just kind of doing what I was doing until, until, you know, something else happened. I did, you know? Yeah. And I think you did, uh, you did the stuff that really like mattered to like maintain your, uh, clients after, um, things started getting back and going. Um, yep. cause like, I think a big mistake that a lot of people made is to kind of just like forget and like, just, Oh, everybody shut down just, and just kind of shut up, shut up everything out. Um, Cause like, if you, like you said, you're doing the videos, that's keeping people like, uh, you know, active and moving and staying within fitness somewhat. And then you're reaching out and contacting them, which is um, they're not forgetting about you when time comes to go back to the gym and work out. Yeah. So like, yeah. And it, it was a big, uh, like uh, rapport builder with my clients because I guess it gave me like an outlet that I wasn't just one thing, you know, like it was like, okay, he might have a quick, you know, core routine now that he can send me. And so I think it opened the door to, um, maybe them having the idea that I wasn't just you know, an individual one-on-one, mm-hmm. -on -one, you know, and that's what they go to me for. It kind of opened the door for, um, more conversations, whether that be nutrition. I had one client call me, um, and be like, Hey, I tweaked my knee and what would you recommend? You know, before, you know, since I can't get into the doctor in the next couple of days and I was like, okay, I would do these things. Um, you know, good luck with that. That really sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. And you should probably come back to training. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's always got to be a little bit of sell when you're a business oh, person, but of course, uh, but it's subtle, you know, you, you give the, you give the, you know, make sure that you build up the relationship and they're like, yeah, yeah, I know you don't have to mm. trip me. Yeah. So, uh, we, we talked a little bit about like, uh, the, the transition from like before COVID then to COVID, I guess, what are you like um, trying to do as a next step to like kind of yep. get to your next stage of your, your business and business model? Yep. So I think the next thing, um, my individual, like my one-on-one, -on -one, uh, you know, individualized plans are, you know, I think kind of as far as I can take them. Um, and I've gotten a really good idea of, you know, how it works, I guess, with, you know, what I provide to people and, you know, just kind of work them through a system, um, that way. So I think my next step is going to be trying to add in classes, um, and get like a small group again, you know, anywhere between like, uh, six and eight, I think would be a really good amount of people to start off with just cause it's smaller. Um, you know, at the Y when I was doing yoga, I did a kind of like a boot stamp boot, uh, boot camp style class. And, uh, you know, you get anywhere between like, you know, three and like, I think the most I had was like 20. Um, I had like 
15 people in my yoga class one time and that like freaked me out. I was like, holy crap, I'm going to have to like reprogram within this workout because like, I can't be having people with their hands up, you know, they might hit somebody else and I don't want, or like kicking too, you know, like yeah. you're like moving your leg out to the side. I'm like, we're going to have to modify some of this. So, um, I, I want to try and make it, uh, like a small group personal, personal training t- style thing. Um, especially now that, you know, we're getting back into groups and stuff like that. Again, there's a little less anxiety. Uh, so that's one piece. Um, and then my next kind of two pieces, I guess that would build off that would be having a like, uh, solid, like location that I train out of. Um, right now I kind of like rent, um, but I would like to, and there's like some other people that are involved in the renting situation. So I'd like to have a, my own rental spot or B like to buy a spot potentially, um, and just have like the brick and mortar. And I think that piece would set up for like the online stuff a little bit more. Um, so I, I kind of want to do obviously like starting off would be more like the probably like, you know, FaceTime zoom check-in, things and writing programs off the bat, but then I would want to try and get that into somehow to get like an app or something like that, where it's like a uh, more um, like subscription based thing versus like, I mean, the online programming, I think is still kind of that individualized one-on-one style versus like having somewhere to go for, Hey, this is the weekly workout. You know, Um, that would be kind of my next, uh, big, I think three projects that I'm kind of working on. Yeah. Um, so, and I think in that order is kind of how they'll happen is like the group fitness, then kind of like getting my own spot and then having that online training take off a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'll be kind of the last two are kind of going to have to go to piece and piece. Cause I think I'll have to have a little bit of online just to supplement some of the individual income. Cause I mean, this is the only part with the personal training is when you're selling your time, um, it's hard to, uh, have it like really consistent income on that piece because things happen with people. Um, so, you know, people take vacations and you have two weeks off and if people aren't buying your time, then you got to mm-hmm. fill that spot. And I'm lucky to have kind of in that 18, I would say ish mark of clients. So, um, I mean, on most weeks I'm above 20 hours of training, which is kind of the, I would say it doesn't sound like a whole lot, but when you have 30 minutes in between clients and sometimes there's a little bit more, it, it makes the day hard to get more than I would say like yeah. six hours in is pretty general. I would say for me, um, I mean, there's days where I have some back-to-backs that are pretty interesting in that like eight to 10 hours where it's like, you know, Monday and, um, Wednesday, I would say are my two busy days right now. It's like after the weekend and before the weekend, you know, are like the two <laughs> kind of like hit days. Um, so, uh, so that's kind of the piece that I would say with, you know, young entrepreneurs, like listening to this, I would say is just depending on what your product is, you know, you got to really look at what is achievable for you to like make it. Um, and I'm in that place now where I'm like hitting that 25 hour mark a week and like realizing like it makes more sense for me to do what I do with this versus like try and outsource that, you know, group homework or, you know, a little side hustle thing. Um, and, uh, so, which is really good to be there. Like I had to have that group home spot. Like I said, last year in COVID, I 
was doing mm-hmm. that mainly and I was staying on the side until I was able to, you know, make it work. And now I think I have enough clients where, um, a lot of my normal general health and fitness people, I think I could do the virtual, um, certainly the, you know, the, my vulnerable adult and spinal cord injury people, they need me physically because I use myself to, mm. you know, lift them up and get them in positions. And, you know, so I'm, that one's hands-on. So that one's one that I think even if there wasn't a shutdown, we'd have probably some sort of plan in place to make mm-hmm. the in-person happen, you know, masks and stuff like that. So that actually, you know, might also be another benefit of COVID is like people have had that experience of having to limitate or like mm-hmm. make themselves safe, you know, with other people. Um, so I think, you know, given all those pieces, I have a good a way to, you know, make myself sustainable as a business. Um, but I think that's one of the hardest parts as somebody coming up and especially like, depending on what your product that you're selling is, um, I think it can be really, really tough, you know, especially like if you look at clothing, like, I wonder like, uh, how that went with COVID because, you know, the stimulus checks come in and you're rolling because everybody's <laughs> got money and they're trying to spend. But then the first like three months, like when there is no stimulus checks, like people are like, oh, I can't spend the money on a sweatshirt. I don't need that. You know, I need food or rent. Um, so, so I think uh, that was one of the most interesting things, I guess, to keep tying it back to COVID for a little bit of a conversation is like how how like things can change really quick with your business. Um, and you know, if you can use that maybe as a way to think of emergency plans within your business, I think that would be one of the biggest things I would say is something to write down along with a business plan. Cause I don't think when I, um, I use the small business development center in Duluth to build out a business plan. And I don't remember like, having any sort of emergency, like what if you get shut down, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? And I think that would have been a really good question to ask myself because I, I I think I would have really had to think on that one and probably actually ask some of my clients to be like, Hey, like if we can't get together in person, what do we do? Yeah. Um, And I think that same thing could be said for a a lot of different businesses. Uh, Certainly now with the virtual style of things, I think, I think if, uh, you know, if you don't zoom or something, uh, you know, <laughs> it's going to be, you're going to be a tough client to work with. <laughs> um, I had a kind of a story on that. I had a guy who, um, would did like upholstery and I needed like a, like a fitness pad upholstered in leather. And, uh, I was like, can I email you a picture of it? And, um, you know, kind of like what I'm looking for. And he was like, oh, I don't even have an email. And this is like, this is like 2000, late 2019. And I was like, uh, I don't think I can work with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, that's impressive to not have an email actually. Right. Like that is, that is impressive because I don't think I know anybody even like even yeah. over the age of like 75 that doesn't have an email. Like yeah, dude. I, I don't know how he stayed in business, but um, I'm assuming it was like a, he was retired and that was like a side hobby yeah. thing because yeah. I found him on, you know, it's like one of the lower searches on Google. 
you know, because uh, I was looking for affordability too. I was like, yeah, let's try this guy. You know, I thought <laughs> this isn't a big project. I was like, oh, okay. I see why he's ranked low. Uh huh. Well, I mean, he might do good work though. I mean, if he's really focused yes. on his work. <laughs> yes, this is true. This is true. Yeah. Um, and w- one thing that you said was interesting what, that I want to double back on was the uh, yeah. idea of like a like what if like scenario and like having that planned mm-hmm. out. Yep. Like, I thought about that quite a bit too. Not not necessarily like 100% business related, but just kind of in general too. Um, it's like one of those things. It's like life. You never know what's going to like be thrown at you. And having some sense of like being able to pivot is like definitely a, a good thing to have. But also... Yep you like can't contingency plan for everything. Otherwise you're never going to get anything done. And it's like, (laughs) like before COVID, nobody was thinking we're going to get shut down because of a pandemic for like a year. Yeah. And like, you were like preparing, like planning for that. You would be deemed like a conspiracy theorist or a prepper (laughs) or yeah. People would definitely be like, who is this guy? Yeah. Show up to your training sessions uh, with a survey. What would you do if this happened? Uh, I just need to know. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) That would be, that would be something. I mean, today it wouldn't be a big, it'd be like a no brainer, but right. It's definitely uh, open people's eyes. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, so those are the three main things I wanted to talk about. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to chat about today? Um, well, I guess what is like so now that you're at 50 podcasts, what uh what have you learned from the the first 50? If I turn into right. like a little bit of spin on right. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, for me, there's been two sides of it. I've like one, I've grown and two, I've learned some stuff. So as like a individual, like how I've grown, like uh, I used to be like hugely introverted, especially like when I started working at the Y, I was complete introvert. And like I started working at the Y talking to people and I was like, oh, I kind of like having conversations with people for, you know, about like real stuff. Um, and then I was like, all right. And then I decided I'm gonna start a podcast. Um, and then uh, like, now I can hold a conversation with people and I enjoy it and like that sort of thing. So that like is one way that I've grown, I guess. Um, did like, you what I- um before you move on with that? So with like growth on that, did you figure out like key things that like are uh, big like pieces to like question people on? Because I think that's one of the things that I have trouble with with the health and fitness is like I think somebody will say something big. And then I forget to like, be like, oh shoot, that was a really big thing. Like we could have dove down that rabbit hole and like really like got to the root of like, say like a barrier with their exercise. Like, oh, my husband really, really likes sweets and I get always get offered and I don't know how to say no. And like that, that conversation comes up quick. And then either it's in that moment where it's like you dive into it or you just kind of go, oh yeah, yeah. Like that was really, that's, that must be really tough. And you like pull the like kind of empathy mm-hmm. card and don't like go into the conversation. Have you had that it, like uh, kind of like, I would say like almost like experiential education with like how to dig a piece out and like get that good conversation. Yeah. So uh, that's part of me being an intro- introvert, I guess, uh, naturally, like I'm a good listener and I, 
I really enjoy listening and I think, think deeply about stuff like that. Um, so when I ask questions, I'm always like thinking and I'm like, all right, so obviously when I first started the podcast, it wasn't like this, but, um, over time, <laughs> like I'll ask a question, they'll answer the question. I think, and I'm like, okay, what is like beneath the answer to that question? Like, uh, if I ask someone like, uh, what's, uh, what's your goal? And then they tell me their goal and I'm like, okay, well, what happened in the past? Like make you set a goal like that? Like, why, why do you want a goal like that specifically? And, um, I always just try to go like peel the onion back, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That actually, that's a good way to look at that and, and like try to start at the surface and then dive deeper because if sometimes if you go too deep, too quick too, then they try to generalize. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not something that I like have a strategy for, but I always just okay. have like a list of general questions about certain topics that I know people are comfortable talking about. And then as they're talking about them, they, people will bring up things that they want to talk about within those general questions. And then I just kind of dive into those uh, a little bit more deeper so that it's not like repetitive and redundant. Every episode is the same exact thing. Right. Like there's like a key topic from somebody within that podcast. That makes sense. Yeah. But so you were saying like when you're uh, talking to clients and stuff, you do it, you have to do a similar thing, I guess, when you're, you're uh, asking them questions and trying to learn about them and figure out what their uh, kryptonite is and, and that sort of stuff. Yep, so. yep, Right. And like, say, you know, using that onion example, like say like, you know, you dive too quick and like onto like, well, how can we make that make that change with, you know, you being maybe better or being able to have a variety of, uh, you know, responses to, um, your husband asking you for sweets, you know, it, it, like it could either go like a couple ways with that is like, Oh, well, you know, it only happens on Tuesdays, you know (laughs) what I mean? Or like, or like, yeah, you know, I, I just like take a bite and that's good enough for me, you know? And I think, uh, it's, you know, there's those particular ways and questions and res- questions that you can like get in there to like peel the onion back slowly rather than like dive straight to the center. I think that mm-hmm. takes like time and like is like a really big art of learning that I've had to do some like, uh, you know, like I guess like questionnaire reviews and like uh, client intake form kind of reviews from different like places to like get an understanding for what questions people ask other people, you know, um, to like weed down the questions that I need to ask to be successful in that area. Yeah. Which I can imagine came from you being like, Oh, that didn't really draw that great of a response. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like blew my shot. Darn it. <laughs> um, yeah. And I guess like one of the, challenging things about like interviews and like ask people questions is like especially for like a podcast um when you ask some people naturally will carry a conversation by themselves and like you got to figure out like when to let them continue on and then like if they're getting way off like talking about nonsense and then how do you bring the conversation back without seeming like a jerk sort of thing. yeah 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 um, like i'm gonna cut you off right there yeah yeah <laughs> and so, now next question <laughs> yeah and now next question yeah just 
<laughs> transitions are tough too. Transitions Although, are tough too, for sure. I think I think that's something to be said with like you know uh, a thing that like I don't know how many people are in like networking groups and stuff like that, but you always have that one rambler. Mm. Um, there should maybe be some sort of guide to like questioning the rambler to like you know get a productive thought out of them. You know what I mean? Because everybody's got that. Everybody's got that person and I've, I've learned for myself to like listen a little bit more, but I don't think, I don't think people have that personality trait like to the surface as much as others. You know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. certainly have that more being an introvert than, you know, somebody who's an extrovert is going to be like, you know, talking more about whatever, you know? Um, so I think that's what I was saying. Where <laughs> like listening and saying the right thing at the right moment, you know. Yeah, this could be said for a lot of things. Timing is everything. Absolutely, that's why I, I like it doing interviews and being on the interviewing side because it's like I just ask questions and the other person does most of the talking. Yeah, <laughs> I just I just pretend uh, pretend I'm my audience and think about what my audience wants to hear and use that as a guide. So I like that. Yeah. Um, also before we, we wrap up, I just, there's somebody we both know that's probably listening. Uh, Carrie Ann is definitely listening to this podcast. So I wanted to oh, give yeah. her a shout out from the why <laughs> she's great. And she yeah. is such a hard worker. And that's like, like the people that need to be out there and be recognized to keep yeah. doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's been supporting me er- since episode one. She's listened to like everyone. So she's been great. <laughs> that's so awesome. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, anything, any last words of wisdom you want to leave for everyone listening um, before we wrap up? Um, words of wisdom. Uh, and then we'll get to your socials and that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Um, I think the biggest thing that you can do is use any sort of like negative thoughts and like hesitation to not do something as a way to build your business plan out because the reason why you're probably having those thoughts is because you just really want to be successful and you're uncertain. And I would say, A, you really need to question yourself and bring that question to other people um, that know what they're doing. Uh, In my instance, the Small Business Development Center you know, ye has helped me a lot with, uh, you know, just having a group of people to a, just say your business pitch to network with, bring up a problem. Um, I think that's a good way to do it. And then, uh, also just, uh, you know, not letting it get to your head, like that it's not going to work out, you know? And then I would say when you have that, cause that's kind of a thing, a natural human tendency, I would say to bring it back to what is working out. So for me, the, the online part, certainly like there's a lot of things where I'm like, man, that, you know, I get off of a call and I was like, ah, that session didn't really go that great. But then I, you know, kind of go on throughout the day. And if I can look at kind of the overall picture is like, everybody really had a good workout today. And like some people you're always gonna, you're always gonna like satisfy a customer a little bit better than some people just because they're the people that you're most used to selling to. Um, and they're probably more your ideal client, right? Um, so I would say just keep the perspective of how your like concerns are 
a builder to how you're going to make your successes stronger, I guess, so to speak. Um, and also build out that emergency kind of plan of, oh, their there's stuff might not work, you know, and then figure out like, it, do I need to do it a different way or do I need to do it? Um, you know, just like have a different plan. Um, so kind of like to bring that full circle, just don't let the negatives over consume you and also make sure that you think of the positives and you keep those in the front of your head. I dig it. I dig it. I'm not going to reiterate anything there because you did a good job explaining that <laughs> one. <laughs> good, good. I try not to go too lengthy. Um, and I guess before we wrap up now, where can we find you you or your business or if yep. people want to get in touch with you, what can they do? Um, Instagram and Facebook, uh, Blake Peters um, has my personal. And then I do have a business page on each, uh, BP Health X Fitness. Um, should be able to find it there. Um, and then, uh, I'd say like the last thing is, um, I do a free personal training session for anybody. Um, and that can be virtual too. Um, we can do a free hour virtually. Um, and, uh, it'll work a little bit differently than in person, but anybody in the Duluth or twin ports area, um, hit me up for an in-person session, um, for free. And then we can go from there and anybody on the virtual that's got a zoom or facebook or a facetime that's interested we can we can work with that and build you out a program so don't hesitate to reach out and the best time to get active is right now don't wait absolutely absolutely <laughs> you know the the famous proverb the best time to plant a tree uh was 100 years years ago but the the second best time is today <laughs> that's right that's true yes it is <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Blake, it was great having you on the podcast. Um, and everybody that's listening, go check them out. Hit them up if you're interested. Thank you. Number 50. Number 50. <laughs>